ladies and gentlemen, we are live. Coming to you on Facebook and YouTube, it's the Black Tribbles and Colt Pop. Go present Gutter Talk! This is Gutter Talk! This is the whitest uh, grouping of Black Tribbles. <laughs> it's true. It's, yeah. Yes, but however, for the last few weekends, this has been the weekend version of the Black Tribbles. So, so hey. Huh? It Thank is. You, not ready for primetime players? Is that us? They're not ready yeah, for primetime triple. You know, you know they're it actually. It feels like a. It's an honor, actually. Yeah, yeah it's great. They're actually. I'll be your a, backup anytime. Well, thank you, No, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. We hope you're in, uh, tuning in, ladies and gentlemen, in our Facebook group, on Tribble Nation, or on YouTube, uh, hashtag Black Tribbles. My name is Len, aka the Bat Tribble. And as always, I am joined just below by Johnny Destructo, a.k.a. J.D., a.k.a. The Thwip Tribble from the Cult Pop Podcast Network, where Len and I also, actually all four of us, engage in the Spoiler Alert podcast, as well as this year Gutter Talk, as well as the Cannibal Horror Cast. Uh, I also own Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex at 4327 Main Street in Philadelphia, PA, now kind of an online store at jdsherocomplex.shop. There's like 15 items up there right now for you to buy. Uh, I'm putting stuff up every day. It's a very long process. Thanks for having me, Len. As always, JD, you are welcome. And stage right, that would be to JD. We have the um, bearded, bespeckled wonder down there. I am bespectacled today. I really oh, oh, him. stage diagonal from you. <laughs> okay, I guess you're right. You're right. <laughs> Which, uh, but as uh, you know, now that it's out there in the world, I'm happy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if anyone was wondering about my location, everything is clear now. Diagonal. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, my name is Brian Lieb. Thank you for for having me for this discussion. And just above Brian, we have. Hi, my name is Noel Egg Hayes, Superman's pal, Jimmy Tribble. I think maybe the coolest Tribble name? I'm biased, but whatever. Mm. Uh, <laughs> mm, mm. It's a good one. It's a good one, my brother. But uh, we have a Tribble called Quest. And that right now. Oh, that's, that's actually really one. cool. <laughs> that's yeah. the best one. All right, I can see. I was, you know what? I was happy about that statement for a good 20 seconds. But now <laughs> it's not true. So that's cool. I would. Isn't there a store called the shop called Quest or something? I think there is. There are a few things called Quest. That's great. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'll give you this, Noel. You know, if I, I'd have to go through our our Rolodex, which you can find on blacktribbles.com, ladies and gentlemen, is an ever-increasing Rolodex of everyone in the Tribble Nation. You may be top 10. You may be top 10, bro. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. uh... I feel really good about it. Well, you know what? It was the, it, I would what was, I had like four names before it, and you were all like, no. <laughs> That's no. true. You did. Taken. Taken. <laughs> I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you did. We have a fun show for you this uh, afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. We hope we're going to enjoy this topic that we're bringing to you. Um, 
As always, everything Black Tribbles you can find on blacktribbles.com. Our show is available as a podcast on any place you find podcasts. You subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thank you to, we're inching ever closer to 700 subscribers. So we really appreciate everyone that's um, checking us out on our March to 1000. Um, shout out to Dante, Dante, the intern Tribble, who, who hollered at us, who definitely said that he is interested in today's top topic um he is our mr friday Lent. night yes i mr. am also my 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 youtube page is inching towards 700 followers as well i'm at 31 it's like weight loss if you do it all at once it'll come right back right. But if you do it slowly don't <laughs> stay forever true followers. yeah it's it's, yeah. it, it's perfect yeah, yeah. yeah. we're Most on track i'm making it a lifestyle not a diet i get it exactly <laughs> So tonight, ladies and gentlemen, um, we, the the crew of Spoiler Alert and Gutter Talk of Black Tribbles and Cold Pop, we have been paying attention to what's been going on in the zeitgeist, in the new nowadays that we are all living in this quarantine life that we all share. And right now, what has been exploding in the zeitgeist has seemingly been documentaries and one of them uh, above the rest has stood out i mean it's it's one thing when everyone that's a geek knows something it's another thing when that geek's grandparents know it and that is netflix tiger king tiger king has just exploded and we've talked about it here on gutter talk we've talked about it on black tribbles we have a very filthy laden uh YouTube show where the triples get in about Tiger Tiger King that you can check out in our archives. But here on Gutter Talk, where we focus on the comic book shop talk that you would find if you walked into your local comic book shop, like JD's Hero Complex in Maniunk, we wondered if there was a tale, if there was a behind-the-scenes story of geekery or genre lore that might in our mind, capture possibly the same attention as Tiger King if it was doled out to the masses in a similar salacious, speculative, investigative nature as that show. And I've brought my crew over on here to talk banty about a couple of ideas that we have. And we want to hear from you. Give us your thoughts. Hey, Melissa, how you doing, Melissa? I see you out there. Melissa, I always like to give her love because she is chiming in all the way from the Netherlands. So that means that God knows what hour it is. She's checking us out. But we really appreciate that. And also, action figure expert. What's up, dude? Always following us. It's always good to see you. And... Longtime follower, big time friend of Cult Pop and the Black Tribbles, Tim Hershey, aka Tim from last week, is in the building. What's up, Tim? Hello, Tim. Hello, Tim. Hello, hello. Okay, so let's get let's get into it. Um, and I'm going to start things off real quick because uh, both B and Noel, I know, have two, I think, very interesting stories, behind-the-scenes things that we think that people would generally very much be interested in. I'm going to let Noel go second because we can go deep dive on the him. <laughs> but mine is uh, people who love genre movies know that 
now it's maybe about two years ago, there was a movie that uh, Warner Brothers and DC put out called Justice League that brought together all of the heroes of the DC universe, well, all the that they've shown at that point uh, in the movie universe, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, and then they introduced the Flash and Cyborg, all and Aquaman, all on this this grand scale in this um, big, what proved to be an amalgamation of a movie because it was originally produced and directed by Zack Snyder. Now, I do want I do want to jump in real quick, Len. There's a factual misrepresentation here. You're saying this the, this movie introduced those characters. You remember uh, the really really great and effective scene where they were released. Uh, they were revealed to us in BVS That's via um, QuickTime movies on someone's laptop. That's very with, true. With logos. True, with logos. That's true. That's yeah. true. Because the whole design department already put together. Well, and, files. that's because Batman, we know, knows about branding. That's, <laughs> that's true. That's true. That's <laughs> your hat. <laughs> Point. Batman knows about branding. So that's true. Batman actually introduced um, a, a few of these characters to us in BVS. But it was in Justice League that we, they were seen, you know, really, really came to life in that film. Which was originally directed by Zack Snyder, who, through forces, you know, that he unavoidable forces and tragic forces, um, we should say, um, that happened to him personally, he was unable to finish his cut of the film. So Warner Brothers went out and hired Joss Wheaton. Yes, the same Joss Wheaton who was the mastermind behind the Avengers movie at Marvel. They hired him to come in and put their Justice League movie together, which he came in and famously now or infamously, depending on your point of view, reshot a lot of things, changed the, the, the feel of the film on on his own to release a film that made money but was far from a critical darling and fell well below um what Mar- Warner Brothers and DC were looking for as a as a far as a return on their dollar thus over the years the hashtag release the Snyder cut has taken a life of its own where fans are begging and clamoring for Zack Snyder's cut of the Justice his, League film. No, not his cut, his original vision. Yes, yes, his original, his his, his reason, his raison d'etre for the Justice, Justice League. Um, and the Magnum opus. Exactly. And to me, the behind-the-scenes story is, what was his raison d'etre for... The Justice League. What is the story of Zack Snyder's Snyder cut of Justice League? Does it exist? Yeah. Is it really so? Yeah. I mean, this, this, it's kind of stupid. Like, in a weird way, it's kind of stupid. Like, who would be interested in a superhero movie making of other than, like, the four of us? But, like, it's more than just Justice League. Like, the seeds of this was... Man of Steel and the division between that and yeah, then yeah. BVS and the division of that and the, which led to a half hour longer 
director's cut that was just as convoluted or worse. <laughs> but Warner Brothers would went so whole hog into this back with Man of Steel that they were already on a train that kept going and they could they had no time to adjust. Like they were making Justice League, actively making Justice League before BVS was uh, uh, released. Right. Like they right, were developing right. all these movies at the same time. So when they found out that maybe these aren't working, they're already a hundred million dollars into the next exactly. Movie. Exactly. So like it's it was trying to build the plane while like while it's landing. Like they had no idea what they were doing. Yeah. Wow. It's so funny that DC in the movies is the like darker, like this is what Batman would be in real life. And Marvel is the fun one. Mm-hmm. Whereas yeah. in the comics, it's like, I mean, they're both fun. It's different. But, you know, DC is the more like a beat sort of uh, brand in broad generalizations. Yeah, when we were growing up, Marvel was the dark and dark and realistic, gritty universe, and yeah. DC was the shining golden gods. And the fact yeah. that they, except uh, Batman, I guess Batman has always been. Even yeah. when we were kids, like Dark Knight Returns had started, you know, and that may be why DC went down this path because Batman Begins did really well, and they were like, yeah. let's do that for everyone. Yeah, and, and also to, like it's it's um, it's really unfortunate what happened to Zack Snyder. His um oh, yeah. his his yeah. oldest daughter uh yeah. Yeah, that, took her own life. Right, right. But I personally don't think that that was the impetus for the change. Like they had delayed the movie like three times, uh, had tons and tons of reshoots and over and over again, and there was rumors that he was being replaced before it happened. So it was almost the excuse that the studio used to remove him. Oh yeah. Yeah. It, it, because it, it seemed like it was in the process over and over again, over the course of a yeah. year, like it was supposed to come out, I think like in November of one year and then it was delayed for the summer. And then it was delayed again for the following November. Like this movie had a lot of trouble before he had tragedy, which is a pill to swallow for that poor man. Yeah. Oh, it is most definitely, most yeah. definitely. But it, 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 it is a thing people want to see this want to see this cut i think i think it's the it's the the lore of there being a cut and yeah. and and i because like you said his vision which started in the dc universe well honestly his vision in the dc universe technically kind of started with his direction of the watchmen movie because he was the mm. he was the producer and director on that. The mm. difference being there is that he had a fully formed template to work off of because it he basically brought that book to life on screen the same way he did with Frank Miller's 300. That mm. basically was taking those beautiful images and finding a way to make them pop on the s- screen. And no one, no matter what you have ever said about Zack Snyder, no one has ever come at him for his use of vis- visual yeah. imagery. You know, yeah. what he can actually bring t- to life visually on screen. It's the stories where he has troubles his sucker punch is visually stunning but the story falls apart you know and that movie's that movie's vomit well uh, fair enough but no no it is a really good two hour long music video no it's it's like three really good music videos that are trunk like that are stretched out to 40 14 hours i think is the running time 
yeah. Yes, that. yes. It's very long. It's very long. The soundtrack is good. That's about it. See, but but then he goes to Man of Steel, which is an original story. Um, and that's where he starts it starts fumbling and it finds its way to BVS as well. Um, also, it doesn't paint a picture of someone who really has a lot of respect for the superhero genre, as it were, any of those films. And I'm a fan of Man of Steel. I saw Man of Steel. I was willing to give Man of Steel the benefit of a doubt as being the movie that showed why Superman became the Superman that we we know. Like, yes, he caused all this wanton destruction in Metropolis. Yes, he was forced to kill kill someone. And I was just waiting for the next movie to be, that was me paying my dues. I'm never going to do that again. And thus we have the Superman that we know and love, right? I was waiting with hoping that that's what it was because it was visually stunning and and I bought into Henry Cavill as Superman his depiction of Superman still the best trailer I've ever seen it's so one of good. The, it's one I, of the best it's one I, of the, I rewatched the trailer more than I've rewatched the movie most definitely but then the he trailer's f- fantastic he fumbles the ball with BVS because BVS tries to do what I think it's his vision of superheroes colliding with Warner Brothers' desperate need at that time, you know, culturally and uh, corporately to catch up with what Marvel is doing real quick. That just fumbles the ball. With and BDS. do something different, I think. I, I bet I, I perceive that they're like, you know, we have to do as well as Marvel, but we can't just do our comics because then it'll look like we're just doing what Marvel does. Right. So we'll get their take. Uh, now I did think that a lot of his Batman stuff was really, really good. Yes. Like there was a lot of cool Batman in that movie. For sure. For sure. Um, which was nice to see. Cause it was mm-hmm. the first time we'd ever seen like just Batman on screen. It feels like, like not Christopher Nolan's Batman, just the guy in the gray and the black. Yes. You yes. know, doing Batman stuff, and there's a lot of stuff about it that was not so great. But yeah, he was he was. Um, I like the idea that that Batman was uh, grizzled and almost lost his way a little bit. Hmm. Yeah, but it was, it was like notched up to twelve or thirteen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when it it should have maybe been like eight. Hmm. You know, like break a leg, don't necessarily murder everyone. Let's yeah, check like in with we got we got some comments. Oh. Uh, well, we got. I, no, I'm also seeing Facebook user. Hey, can't stick around, but hi, uh, Brian looks nothing like I expected. That's Christopher Saint Saucy. Good night. Oh, Where, well, is we'll get Where is he? Where is he? He had to leave. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean I don't see it in the feed at all. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Hi, Chris Saint Saucy. Um, and then, action figure expert. I'm having trouble reading this one. Um. Think Marvel movie directions are sent into to mess up DC movies. Senior, this Superman returns, and now James Gunn is doing suicide. I don't understand what this comment means. Marvel movie directors are sent in to mess up DC movies. Oh! 
such as such as Brian uh, um, Brian Singer Brian Singer, Singer, not, Singer not, senior. not Senior who did Superman Returns uh, from X Men Brian Singer wildly overrated also but go on yeah oh yeah, yeah X Two is awesome though. James Wild Gunn, Tom James Brady. Gunn doing Suicide Squad. Um, first of all, that was during that little, you know, uh, bait and switch that Marvel and Disney were doing, where James Gunn was yeah. quote unquote fired from uh, Galax- uh, Guardians right. of the Galaxy. Um, but James Gunn isn't a director who I enjoy. I've enjoyed oh, most yeah. of his work, and to have him do a kind of like a pseudo revamp. Maybe sequelish reboot of Suicide Squad. I'm all in for because oh, I yeah. hated that movie. Yeah, I hated, I hated that okay. movie. Super Triple, Super Triple. Also, just continuing through some of the di- dialogue. Yeah. Randall Green, aka the Super Triple of Black Triple, said they all caused this one to destruction. Yes, Randy, I know that. I was just being shorthand there, bro. Wasn't showing so no shade Who's on you. Because he was oh, saying because it was it was Zod and Superman and not just Superman. Was it was it more destruction than in the first Avengers movie, or was it presented in a different way? It's presented, it presented in a different way. In a different way. Because you know? in so, Avengers, yeah, Superman walking Zod through buildings, right. whereas the Avengers are actively shown trying to protect civilians, and mm. Superman's like, "Eh, I guess I'll knock this building over with this other Kryptonian." I was and then level and then two. afterwards. After we've created a pit where Metropolis used to be, I'm gonna hover around and make out with Lois Lane. Get the fuck out of here. There's a right. there, there's an insensitivity so some of the energy. There's a, there's a but it's not just insensitivity. It's well, it is ins- insensitivity, but it's also a misunderstanding of the character. Right, right, right. It's just a base misunderstanding of the character that that would matter, or that that wouldn't matter. That would not matter. Yes, right. yes. like even at, yeah, but that's not. <laughs> I wasn't talking about the kiss at the end. I mean, just the amounts of destruction. And because I've often wondered, it's just like, we've seen people get punched through buildings. Superman has punched people through buildings like, in comics a bunch of times. But it was presented in such a gritty way that it really hit home that there's like civilians around there. You know what I mean? I got, you know what? Uh, it, it affected me personally. And it really drew me out of the movie because there is a, a worm's eye view shot of a building in Metropolis falling towards the camera, which was very evocative of 9-11 for me. Um, and it really brought home all of the actual destruction that was happening in Metropolis. And I don't think in Avengers there is a, a literal pit of nothing because it's no. been demolished so much that there's just like a baseball field of nothing. Um, so... It's, it's yeah, little- I mean, the point of the point of Avengers Two was just containing the damage. Like that whole fight was containing the damage while one sure. member goes and does something. Yes, like I mean, not wanton destruction. If, Avengers is not trying to is not trying to say that they saved everyone within those city blocks, but it is showing that there is an attempt upon their a part to not o- to uh, not only save people but to. Uh, even try to enact a plan like they're saying like you pull the 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 fight this way you know so um where that is absent to a degree in uh a man of steel and it is absent uh, also um in the in the uh the theatrical cut of BVS, we'll say that. Um, which, which, I honestly, like that, that, that was the driving force of BVS was all of this destruction. They did what I wanted them to do. After I walked out of Man of Steel, and I was like, "Ooh, that is, 
that's a lot of murder for a Superman movie. Um, <laughs> or at least, you know, casualties. Uh, I hope that they are able to then use this as the propulsion for the next movie, which they actually, to their credit, did. That's the whole reason Batman's mad at Superman, right? True. Um, and they, they do go out of their way at the final battle there to go, ah, oh, I see that the the fight has been going towards this uh, warehouse district where everyone's been evacuated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're yeah. cognizant of it. Oh, uh, action figure expert, but do you guys think Marvel directors are sending them to mess up DC movies? No. I promise you. I promise you that's not the case. Nobody goes into these things going, hey, I'm going to ruin it. You know, I think everyone's trying to do, make the best movie that they think they can make. No one's sending in to mess up a DC movie. Okay. Also, Marvel doesn't give a shit. Like, right. They're making all the money. Yeah, right. they're fine. They're and fine. That, the money is a lot about what it is, too. You know what I mean? They're, remember, it's a business. Nobody, I, No director wants to be like, I'm going to make a movie that isn't going to make me a ton of money. Obviously, they have artistic reasons, too. But uh, even cynically, they don't want to do it. Real quick, I want to ask, though, and then we'll get on to Noel's idea. So my idea of the Snyder Cut, do you do you agree that I, I think it sounds like there's an agreement here that this the story behind the Snyder Cut and whether or not it actually exists or or if I. A, a, uh, some kind of compilation of the Snyder Cut could be put, brought together might be something of interest to people. Do you think it is a story worth telling? Uh, on on a geek level, it's it's yes. Like I am super fascinated seeing it. I'm also super fascinated in the behind the scenes. But then also on just a professional or like um a process uh, or a process level of how things could with best intentions can go terribly wrong. Like, did I give a shit about, um, a, you know, pop-up zoo in, in Missouri? Mm. No, but the story was so, um, it was told so incredibly well and engaging that it, it, it ingratiated me to finding out what happens next. And I think that, um, Hollywood is so mysterious and, and the way that movies get made is, are so mysterious and intricate to a lot of people that just just telling this in a factual way, like a timeline of events of how it went from, you know, creating the DC universe right, for film. And right. it's going to be amazing to being whittled away piece at a time to something completely different to the point where it's now its own thing that they're abandoning. Yeah, they don't even know what they're doing, right? It's, it was like a three-year journey of pure confidence to <laughs> let's not talk about it. Yeah, yeah, that it's might be the story. Journey. That it's might be the story. How all those plans just slowly started breaking yeah. away. Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to go back just a little bit to action figure expert. I also want to say that um, I don't think Joss Whedon saved that movie. No, me neither. I love Joss Whedon. I, I grew up on his TV shows. There's some of my favorite stuff out there, those TV shows, Buffy and Angel and, and um, oh, Firefly, Serenity. And I was very excited because I was so disappointed in what Zack Snyder was doing with Superman that I was stoked that, like, oh, Joss Whedon will get it. He'll fix it. Mm. And he did not. Mm. I don't want it. I, you know, I, I was real stoked. And I was like, nah, he's going to, it's going to be great. They gave it to Joss Whedon. He'll fix everything. And it is just as much a mess as the other movies, if not more so, because now it feels like yeah. two different artists are showing right. me, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
But uh, I want to see this documentary. I am I am super interested in all the behind the scenes stuff that happened. Um, I think it's super interesting. And not only that, as much as I make fun of the hashtag release the Snyder Cut, I would go see the Snyder Cut if they yeah. were able to like sure. put the money behind it to make it an actual thing and actually follow his plan. Because at least you're letting the guy finish his thing. I just want to see where he was going, even though I kind of hated at least more than half of it. But you, so you um, hated where it was directed, what you saw, where you saw the train was heading, you weren't yeah. enjoying, yet you still want to get there. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 yeah. JD, are you I, talking about the other movies before it or what you saw? You're talking I, about- I'm talking about Man of Steel, BVS, okay, and yeah. Yeah, Justice yeah, yeah. I want him to do his um, Snyder cut of Justice League. I want to see uh, where it was headed. But I also, I want to, it's never going to happen because they're never going to funnel all that movie into it. Um, but I would like to see all the special effects done. Given my druthers, if there was an alternate universe and I could just jump over there to watch it, I would do it. Hmm. You know, I think about that with fictional stuff frequently. I'm like, oh, what if there was something that turned out this way? It would be yeah. fun, a fun. Oh, Randy thing. said, it's his usual, let's go back to your first day on the job and see how well you did. He's talking about Man of Steel. Still. I mean, I did great. I also <laughs> I also didn't make mistakes that murdered thousands of people. So how many people? Just two. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's yeah, pretty good. I mean, pretty good. Like if we're if we're comparing it to completely destroying all of Smallville. Yeah. Uh, and all of their commerce too. Yeah. Uh, One of those people just like, was my know, little sister, and I'm still impressed. Which and which and I don't, <laughs> yeah. I, and I don't want to fall down. To, I don't want to fall into the cape of the super triple. But uh. which we did say that we understood. At least some of us, a couple of us, said that we understood that that movie was the beginning of Superman, and the the hope yeah. was that the next episode in Zack yeah. Snyder's journey would show him, you know, taking those lessons learned and learning yeah. from them. And I just don't feel like we did. Yeah. My, my did like, we didn't, we kind of mentioned this, but my disappointment with BBS was that they still didn't humanize no. how Superman does his job. No, he does not. So it was, it was a, it was a couple of like messianic shots of him floating and not mm -hmm. speaking to people um them like worshiping him and him like not like my superman or my impression of superman would be like oh stop it get off your knees it's fine my just, superman just my when superman floated like, there motion like emotionless i was like this is this is fucking creepy my superman and randy superman is not going to be caught in a building that has exploded around him with people in it and then fly away and then shoot up because his feelings were hurt. Right. Now, to be fair, to be fair, in the extended cut, the Snyder cut, I think um, he does help for, for a while, but then pieces out. No, I understand that. Least, I understand that. He sticks around for a couple minutes. But the my theatrical Superman, release is what counts. My Superman yeah. is, uh, if there is a child in danger, Superman should be so approachable that, that the child runs yeah. to Superman for help. Yeah. The Superman that has been in all three of these movies is a fucking nightmare character. He's a he's a vengeful god, right? He's always got his he's always scowling. He's always looking at the tops of his eyes. He's always got his arms folded, and he's always very morose and threatening looking. A little child is not going to run up to that guy and be like, "My dad's stuck in a tree." Yeah, he's he's just he's very very powerful. He's that aspect of Superman, and, and that's it. The 
Right. He's not like the, he's austere. Um, I remember with Man of Steel, I was thinking it was kind of like a sci-fi movie, like Action Comics number one maybe felt when you first read it. And you're like, oh, and there's no superheroes. It's just like this alien has come to Earth and he's doing stuff. And I thought it was really interesting in that way, but not the shared universe Superman as the greatest of guys kind of thing, you know, his nobility and just niceness. Mm. All right, so let's 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 move on. Let's move on. So hold sounds- on. Yes. I'm sorry, Tim. I'm sorry. People are commenting. I, 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 Tim said we don't actually know what marching orders WB gave Joss. True. That would give that would documentary would give us. Mm-hmm. That's Make a good point. I just, I, to, I just wanted to include the people who are actually commenting. That's all. Oh no 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 no. That's fine. That's fine. Um, let's move on to. No, because the whole idea is, is what would we think would be the next great geek common uh, documentary, ladies and gentlemen, for those who are just tuning in. And thank you for all of you following us on YouTube and on, on uh, Facebook. We're trying to find out what would should be the next great geek documentary to get that Tiger King treatment. So far, we, we, we've put it out there, the Snyder Cut. We went in on, on it for about 30 minutes. I think there definitely is proof <laughs> that there is fodder there. <laughs> yes, it, trust me. If, if Randy and my man Corey from Amerami Media, who just, who just chimed in, what's up, Dor- Corey? I see you, dog. If they had their brothers, we'd be here until Tuesday. But- <laughs> I, can, I, can I say, too, I actually think it's going to happen someday in some way or form, because if you think about... Think about the downer cut of Superman 2. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And it yeah. took 30 years for yeah. that to see the light of day on a DVD set, yeah. which I bought for that. True. And it's a rough cut. It's really hard to watch. It um, is. <laughs> because of because of some of the footage, right, right, right. Some of the footage, it's like test yeah. footage of like them <laughs> in the blank room and shit. My, my favorite is when the toothpaste goes back in the tooth bin. <laughs> because because nobody understood Superman and it was just like uh, yeah he could do this shit that's cool yeah. <laughs> I mean um, but, but I do think it's gonna happen someday whether it's on a streaming service whether a crowdfunded uh, ordeal whether twenty years from now when the IP doesn't have the same kind of mm-hmm, punch mm-hmm. that it might right. or sep- like time of separation from it Warner or Brothers would be also, like something. it could become much easier to just like make that. With stuff that would be hard now because you need the actual actors. Right. But in 30 years, it could be like, oh, yeah, I just see the actor and no one can tell. Most definitely. You know? Let's get the on to. things are going will be around in 30 years. <laughs> I would even read this as a comic. They've thought they, that before. If they read it as a Snyder, Snyderverse comic series, I would read that. Like like Injustice. Yeah. Mm, maybe. Maybe. Uh, let's I'm get... sorry, Lynn. No, no, no. Let's get, to, let's get to Noel. Let's get to Noel's idea of the next great geek documentary not only do i think that this would be a great geek documentary i actually think that it would penetrate the popular nomenclature like other things have because it's got a lot of um relatable elements Mm -hmm. in society and i'm speaking about um i even hate saying it uh comics gate i think that an investigative documentary about the birth of um campaigns of and flourishing of comics gate would be incredibly fascinating. Whether it's a book or a series or a movie, it's if you've ever fallen down the rabbit hole of where this started and what it's become and what it still is happening. So like, even though 
the by and large, the comics industry has kind of shunned these people out a little bit. They're still flourishing in their little bubbles and their pockets on Kickstarter and Indiegogo and and have forums everywhere that are just kind of permeating and attacking other creators. Like this is a thing. And it's a really terrible thing that 90% of the world doesn't even know exists. And it, it makes me think of um, a lot of the other things that have started uh, with like relatively harmless cores, whether it's a question or a feeling of missing or something. And because no one notices it, it it's allowed to flourish into something very negative. Uh, not unlike uh, before we had started recording, I, I kind of compared it to um, when somebody explained to me what Comicsgate is which I guess we'll get into a definition eventually. Uh, I understood <laughs> I understood the idea. Can anybody look up the actual like Wikipedia definition? I got it coming. Oh, sure. I yeah. got it coming. Oh. I got it coming. I'm already on it. Keep it so, going, brother. I understand. Like, let's say I, I am not a Trump supporter. If you are, that's great. The reasons that people gave me, the, the, the cogent reasons people gave me as to why they may have voted for that person, um, I understood. I em empathetically understand why you might make that choice. You feel like something is missing. You feel like something is broken. Um, you feel like you are being left out. And then you're told that the fix is over here. So you go for it. In the instance of Comicsgate, so I understand that empathetically. Uh, in the interest of, in relation to Comicsgate, the, the problem or the core understanding that happened was people started feeling like they weren't being represented anymore mm -hmm. in after historically being represented all the time. So the, the id response to that is they're changing everything. Why are they changing everything? This is only a thing I love. Uh, it's going to be, it's going to be taken away. What should happen, the fight or flight response of that, what should happen is understanding that it's not about you. Um, maybe giving this other thing a shot, recognizing that it's a cyclical industry and whatever you loved before will always end up coming back like a boomerang they're not setting fire to your back issues they're all these very rational things or attacking the industry and the social justice warriors and the identity politics that are ruining absolutely everything that matters to you and then weaponizing that like there's two different ways to go uh, even though you understand or, or empathize with it and i think that that is just it's fascinating it's it's frustrating it's sad, it's understandable, and it's fascinating, and it's still happening. And the, most of the world doesn't know about it. I, I battle with this, right? Um, shining a light on it. Uh, part of my response is, why would you shine a light on the cockroaches? Um, like, uh, I don't know, it, it just seems, like giving them more airtime would be detrimental, but also, yeah, also letting people know that these people are other people are out there, and um, so they could be aware of them. I guess is important, but to me, it's just like why, like why engage? Why even bother with these people? They've got their little bubble. Let them be angry at every single news item that drops in the comic book world, and let them have their their little their little sad tea parties you know what i mean i wonder also though if the people who aren't in it yet but are kind of feeling the same things as the more um egregious or offensive uh people in this in these groups right so those people i wonder if a documentary or a light that would um 
take their feelings, like Noel said, it's understandable, like take their feelings, bring them out and talk about them. And then say like, well, here's the reasons why going in this direction is not great. And here's the other thing. Maybe that would help less people kind of angrily be swayed into joining that movement. Right. You know, is maybe a reason to do so. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Yeah. I, 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 like, uh, so your, your analogy about the cockroaches though, too, like, um, if we don't like the only thing that actually like stops it is shining more light on it as opposed to allowing it, in, as, as opposed to allowing it in the shadows to just keep building. But like it may, it may mitigate it. It may like move it further to the fringes to the point where they don't have like recruiting power, but it, I, I don't necessarily, I, I struggle with it too. You know, like, do you engage in somebody that just attacks you with it? Whatever they're, they're, they're coming from is worth it or not. Or do you just always constantly avoid it or, or mute them? I go back and forth. Like there are a lot of things that I don't comment on or mention, but most of the time I feel like, well, no, fuck you. If, yeah. if you're going to come at something that is altruistic and pure, which storytelling is, and from your perspective, weaponize it against other people, creators, fuck you. I'm going to yeah. call you out. I, I, I'm tired of it. And that happens all the time. And, and, and it's not that I get, don't understand. Like you were saying earlier, I get what they're saying. Some of them. I get, you know, there's, a, there's some people in that community who are just like, we just don't want you to change our white characters to black characters. You know, we grew up with this character. And now all of a sudden, Iron Man is a 16-year-old black girl. That's not Iron Man to me. That's not who I grew up with, all that sort of stuff. They don't like change. And they don't like, um, and for some reason, it's even though, you know, Thor was a frog at one point, uh, this one's the egregious one. Um, but I understand that, uh, oh, uh, 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 I, sorry, I JD. I didn't mean I understand. I, 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 I understand what you're saying. Um, I love you, JD. I love uh, you, though. <laughs> No, I mean, I get what they're saying where they, they, they have certain things a certain way and they want it. And, um, but my, you know, the thing is I'm 40 something. I don't even remember. What am I? 41, 42, who knows? I'm, I'm in my forties and I've been reading these books so long that of course they're going to change. I've been reading it so long that I don't want things to stay the same. I don't want to read the same comics I read 20 years ago because I fucking read them 20 years ago. Exactly. Why am I rereading a book I read 20 years ago if it's, if it's the same book? Um, So I like when they make changes and they alter things and they advance um, to, you know, to match the times. And um you know, it's just a little frustrating to see how many people get upset about it and they don't realize, I guess they didn't grow up with, um, uh, what's his name? Um, guy with the sweater and he puts on his shoes and it's Mr. Mr. Rogers. Mr. Rogers. Like, it's okay to share. You had it for how many years? You had Iron Man be Tony Stark for 60 I, years. How old is that character? I mean, and now I for a little bit, it's, it's a different character. So, He'll be so- back. The way that they react, it's it's as though like some feminists set a like lit a tampon and like burned all of their comics, and you never get to read anything you've ever liked ever again. Uh, like they it's like so one, they like the they like it that it's a continuing story. It's so hype, but it's so hyperbolic. It's childish, and that's the, sure. the like. And these are thirty-five-year-old men. Sure, very true. Thirty-five-year-old white unless men. Unless it's Wally West as the Flash, right? What? I don't know what that means. Wait, who said what now? <laughs> Super Triple said, unless it's Wally West as was, the Flash. He's, he's saying that that was... Uh, oh, you want Wally West back. 
Tiff oh, from Black Bear. But you know what I haven't done? I haven't started a hate campaign to attack people, uh, creators on Twitter because they like uh, Barry Allen. Tim from well, last no, week. I think he means the Wally West, the Black Wally West that was introduced, but was not. Oh, oh, oh. He was not positioned like Wally West. He wasn't. He was like there were other differences. You know that wasn't the that wasn't the only thing. Tim from last week says that he would watch such a documentary because he's a professional in the in the in the media as a comics uh, retailer. But if I were just reading, I don't think I would want to, the details. I have to, and, and and that may be true, Tim. I think, like Noel, the details would be very interesting only if, and I think this is why you will never get a truly hard-hitting expose on um, white nationalism and white supremacy in the United States. It it's interesting only if you really get to to see the faces behind the movement. I mean, uh, places like Vice, mm-hmm. and like they are actually doing embedded journalism with members, right. and like they're so proud of themselves, they don't mind not being hooded. Like this kind of stuff. We're in such echo chambers when it comes to our socio-political uh, understandings or beliefs that they are so brazen to just be like, "Yeah, fuck you." Of course, this yeah. is this uh, this makes perfect sense, and I will tell you all about it on camera. Like, I don't know if that would be a problem because these people not only are they okay on camera, they're live streaming every single goddamn thing that comes out of their mouth. True, True but it's di- it's one thing for Joe Camel in California who maybe has a, a mom and pop store, maybe does a, uh, a mail delivery, you know, is a mailman and maybe get some drawback from his job. Um, but he can still keep his, si- his um, side hustle as being a, a meth dealer um, to make money. It's one thing for him to take off the hood. It's another thing in the, in the form of comics gate for, as we've, we've learned there to be actual professional artists and writers in the field who uh, for a while have had, you know, big selling books, have been crowd favorites for them to, quote unquote, go unhooded and to actually still uh, celebrate, you know, their beliefs. And I think in Comics Gate, you get that. You'll never get that in um, in the white supremacy movie. Maybe yeah. maybe it's just the cynical black man in me, but there's no way that you can tell me there is not more than one politician it, roaming the halls of the, uh, the White House or uh, Washington, I mean, D.C., who does not wear a hood on Saturday night. I, I mean, of course. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. Um, nope. uh, but, but you're right. Like, there's... Um, there's something you mentioned there too. Like there's because as a, and this is just, you know, no real answer, but because there's such a maybe malaise about how destructive it could become or how it could turn into something that's actively horrible. Mm-hmm. We aren't calling it out or comics aid in general, or just like the, the, the roots of racism and sexism and, and awfulness that it actually does purport without saying it. Like, it's like they use semantics to talk around what they're really saying and everyone just thinks it's you know banal okay 
Like, yeah, he believes something different. But really, it's actually incredibly destructive. Huh? Sorry. Sorry. No, say it again, JJ. You have to say it again. I said that's why I'm anti-semantics. <laughs> Sorry. It's it was cool. a callback. It was a callback. It was a callback. It was a callback. Anti-Semitism. Sorry. It was a it was a callback. It was a callback. Are you talking about sexism and racism and blah blah blah? All the comic skate people swear up and down it's not about sexism or racism. They like she Yes. They always you know as what? Long as, Hulk, as long as She-Hulk is drawn very, very sexy and not like an actual Hulk. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. As long as it's John Burns She-Hulk. Which, yeah. to be fair, is the best she Hulk. I I think a lot of it too. Um, yeah, it's it's um. Go ahead. Go ahead, okay. B. Go ahead, B. Uh, I think a lot of it too is that uh, I assume a lot of comics readers read comics because on some level of a power fantasy, right? Like I'd like to be Superman, mm-hmm. you know that kind mm-hmm. of thing. I want to run like the Flash or have Green Lantern's powers, right? So they've grown up with them and they look like they do right and this is the very same reason that it's important to have diversity for the other people that don't look that way but if you've grown up and you're like hey this guy looks like me and then now he doesn't it's one step farther away from having lightning powers you know <laughs> like you're yeah, subconscious i don't think most people notice that because i've seen it myself i'm like oh it's a, it's a woman now. Oh, I'm a little closer. But I mean, obviously. Yeah. But I'm, like a healthy adult would yeah. make would bridge the connection between that I'm, being yeah. disappointing. Right. But it's okay. Exactly. But An I think unhealthy adult. The, yeah. I think that's one of the subconscious reasons, right? That even if you're upset, you're like, exactly. Hey, man, I really miss, you know, the, the one Green Lantern. But hey, it's way more important in the real world for other people to have, like, there's way more important stuff than comics characters. Yes, that's the appropriate attitude when you feel that feeling, I believe. But maybe some people don't know that they felt that, you know? And, like, and they shouldn't they identify it. And they're just pissed, <laughs> you know? And, and they're being weaponized in this weird fucking movement that has nothing to do with quality comic books. It has right. to do with identity politics. It's funny, because that's what they say the social justice warriors and and blah, blah, blah are doing. They're pushing their identity politics on you when really they're just trying to protect their very specific identity politics. Mm-hmm. It's so weird. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't want all this other stuff. Just the right stuff. They're talking about how, how important it is to have the characters be what they can re- react to, what they've reacted to this entire time and the way that they can connect to these characters because that's the way they've connected to it. Not realizing that, yeah, that's why having right. a diverse cast is important so that right. not just you right. can, can you know, uh, relate to them. Yes. So we've, we've mainly been like editorializing our thoughts about Comicsgate, but what I think is even more ripe for um, documentary or investigative journalism is how it's still continuing or how it's transformed from that. Like there are, I've fallen down black holes about this, like in YouTube and Wikipedia and all kinds of shit, but there are fast, like um, uh, facets of Comicsgate that are, some are more um, evil Mm. Some are some are benign. Some are like there are factions called the War Campaign, which is this like inner circle of of members of Comicsgate that it's their job to attack those that are against Comicsgate. 
and they'll do it in various ways of just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then one of their weapons is something called gay ops. Where gay they, ops. They, they attack masculinity and all kinds of other shit. Like it is, it's really childish and pernicious and weird. It's really fucking weird. These are and they're superheroes. These they're are making money like hand over fist. You know? They're making they're making money doing this too. So like somebody like EVS, um, who Ethan Van Skyver, Ethan Van Skyver, who's uh, essentially been blackballed from uh, Marvel and DC work because of his extracurricular activities in regards to Comicsgate. After being a big crowd favorite, let's put He's it a big out fucking there. deal. Yeah, he was a name. Yes. Um, he has turned his career into just being a mouthpiece for Comicsgate for the most part, and then also crowdsourcing and crowdfunding his own work. Mm. And his little inner circle has been almost developed to just protect that. And it's not for any kind of protection of the movement so much as just their bank accounts. And then you'll see creators kind of fall into that little inner circle and then fall out depending on the whims of EVS and his little friends. So, like, there have been people that are pro-Comicsgate that get kicked out and then all of a sudden they're no longer pro-Comicsgate. Or they're proponing for the true Comicsgate and not the mean one. Like, it's 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 just a fucking spider web of weirdness that's happening in the, in the dark corners of comic books. And it's just fucking fascinating. Yeah, mm. I've seen people have uh, – because, like I said, I understand not wanting your comic books to change. There is that viewpoint. I don't share it. Um, but I understand people, you know, comic books is something that you're comfortable with. And it's, you know, maybe your life is really difficult and comic books is your escape. And it's yeah. a place where you can feel comfortable and happy. And if, if something changes that makes you uncomfortable and unhappy, then, you know, you're very upset about it. But I, I, so I've seen people align themselves with comics game. And then a little bit later, go, oh, 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 I didn't know we were going to be doing all this. All right, I'm out. Yeah, it's like showing up to a party and then all of a sudden you find out it's um, it's a satanic ritual. Like, oh, shit, I was just here to get drinks with Karen. I didn't know. Uh, can I, is it okay if I back out now? I mean, oh, yeah. So fucking weird. Yeah, like, cool. I have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> there's a, there's a lot of creators that that have been like kind of stuck in that too That's and a true. lot of people get get dragged in for not knowing so like yeah. recently doug tenapole uh who is yeah. troublesome earthworm jim earthworm jim he has a lot of very um shitty beliefs and he's public about them which is fine that you know to each his own i think um, you should be if you have shitty beliefs you should definitely be public with them yeah, exactly. I agree. Uh, he's he's crowd he's crowdfunding a, a new comic book. I don't care about it, but there was a little bit of a kerfuffle because one of the um, uh, one of the artists that he got commissioned to do a variant cover was Sean Murphy, Sean Gordon Murphy, um, who was called out on Twitter by Donny Cates, like, "Hey, it's not cool that you're doing a variant cover for somebody that is, has a history of being homophobic and anti LGBT and shitty like this and shitty like this, shitty like this. What's up, Sean, which turned into a whole fucking thing. And, and Sean Gordon Murphy and DC made statements about it. And then Doug Tenapole came over and was just like, the man is making him do this. And, and how can, how can comics gate allow this and blah, blah, blah. Like, it's just like, he, I, I only care about families and why would I, it just became like a whole fucking thing because one artist didn't know the other one was awful. 
Mm. At least that's the story that was told. Like, yeah, yeah. does Sean Gordon Murphy know? I don't know. I don't really care. But I think that it was completely fair of Donny Cates to be like, are you sure you know who you're getting in bed with? Yeah. Yeah. Um, And people privately, you know what I mean? That's You know what? Today, maybe not. This happened on a bigger scale. This same sort of thing happened on an even bigger scale a couple, like, was it a year or two ago, where I think one of the Comicsgate guys had a deal with one of the publishers, and Mark Wade was like, Hey, publisher, just so you know, this is what they're up to. What maybe you should Google do Google this guy? Yeah. And so mm. then they dropped it. And then there was a whole um It's uh, still ongoing. Oh, like a Lawsuit. like a court. Yeah. So oh. um Richard Richard Meyer, who is one of the fathers of Comicsgate, mm. was crowdsourcing a book. His little bubble funded it very quickly. So Antarctic Press was like, oh shit, this is really popular. We should actually like solicit this so they were going to and mark wade having many fights with uh them already with comics gate already is a publisher himself like at the time he was uh ahead of in in charge of archie comics i think and yeah, now he's humanoid yeah. he called them up and was just like look or at least this is the story that he told look i know you're just looking for content but you should before you go to press with this you should know the kind of you know, the kind of things that these people are doing, you know, on their on their spare time or the roots of where this comes from, you should know and then make a choice accordingly. Right. Um, even Antarctic Press was like, no, he didn't petition us to don't do this or, or threaten us. He just we didn't know. And it became like a whole defamation lawsuit and all kinds of crazy shit. Some of it's still going on. But yeah, let's move on to an idea from uh, B or or JD. But before we do, and thank you for everyone. uh, uh, Again, we appreciate the feedback that's coming in from Facebook and YouTube. And we've asked for your ideas of what should be the next geek documentary. And real quick, I don't want to spend a crazy amount of time on this, but maybe a couple of minutes on one that came in from somebody, maybe a documentary about the production of comics and how one company got the monopoly basically on being the distributor. And that would be diamond distributors. Um, And, you know, in a country that is famously, you know, anti-monopoly, well, at least before 45 got in office, um, <laughs> it, it's, uh, there's a, there may be, I don't know how much wide appeal there may be, but there could be a, um, you know, a ESPN-like 30 for 30, 30-minute 30 yeah. little documentary on how Diamond Distributors became the only distributor of comics, like the only game in town. I'm sure comic book retailers like JD might be interested in how that all happened. There's an interesting prequel to, and I, it might even be part of the same story, but I know there was some weird stuff with DC in the very beginning of Marvel. DC was Marvel's distributor. For a short uh, time, yes. And and yeah. they kind of like yeah. kept, a, then, kept a, a, a lockstep on what Marvel could yeah. pro- produce out there. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. This was like in the late 50s, yeah. 60s. And it was really was, yeah. And it was only after Marvel got a new owner that Marvel then said, well, d- fuck it, publish everything, push it all out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah dude, that was yeah, really cool. titles like Journey into Mystery mm-hmm. because they, did, they wanted to just have the same title. So yep. that because they couldn't register, they were only allowed to sell like six titles or something. Yeah, like yeah it was like double features, like whole or uh, Thor and Iron Man or whatever. Yeah, it was. That yeah, was. and also too, like to even go further than that, like uh, what was in the late seventies, early eighties, the um, 
Marvel started to get into distribution on their own true, because true. they like they they only like they mm. created a, a big old gap in the or like a big old divergence in the market ended up going bankrupt and mm. if Diamond hadn't come in and bought Save over them. their distribution company which was Capital Cities they, I think they would have gone under and mm. comics would have like stopped for a, like a large part of the yeah, it was like Marvel was too big to fail. I know an interesting – so my dad uh, – our family used to own a wholesale newspaper company. And yeah. at one time – this was during the speculator boom I would in watch the 90s. Um, Marvel was like uh, – Marvel was like um, limiting sales, right? Because they wanted to drive up scarcity. So my dad would call up and be like, hey, we sold Spider-Man. We sold 10,000 copies last month. Let me get 15,000. And they're like, you can have 7,000, right? So they they could have sold more and then dropped it down because they, I don't know how they are making money off of comic resales, but they wanted to drive up scarcity. So people bought all of them, I guess. I don't know. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. We're, we're having connection issues with Noel, so I'll pop him in back in when he uh reboots uh, my, my point of view is uh what tim hershey tim from last week just kind of, <laughs> not an exciting story how diamond stood alone i don't really care about uh Di- like i care that diamond has a monopoly yes do i care how it happened no it's ex- it exists as it is now right. it needs to change dope great let's move forward i don't really care about hearing how they did it um as far as documentaries are concerned I feel you. I feel you. Um, uh, so, go ahead, B. You got something to say, real quick? Oh, it's just, uh, just like a quick vamp. <laughs> Since Noel isn't here, uh, it's not a documentary, but the book Super Gods uh, by Grant yeah. Morrison is a really cool, really cool book. Behind the scenes stuff, and uh, yeah, highly recommend um, if you're interested in like it's a little autobiography, a little bit history of characters, yeah. but also behind the scenes stuff. Um, the behind the scenes stuff. It's all very interesting. Check it out. Very strange novel uh, because it is. It starts off as like the history of comic books, and then it's like, and then I, Grant Morrison, did a lot of drugs and met aliens. Right. <laughs> and here's the drugs that the creators were doing while they came up with the different yeah. characters behind the yeah. It's so, yeah. It's so uh, interesting. Yeah. If you guys yeah. like you guys out there. If you like the comic book industry at all, it is a super engaging and interesting book by Grant Morrison called Super Gods. Highly recommend. It. Yeah, and before we move on, I'm gonna go to B next because he has an interesting story of an idea that he has. Um, if you in the comic industry do love kind of like behind the story um, tales of what happened in comic books, especially over the last 30, 40, 50 years, I invite you to subscribe to Tomorrow Publications. Um, uh, kind of monthly, I think it's like maybe eight, nine times a year magazine back issue, which goes into the back issues of back stories of a lot of your favorite runs of Marvel, DC, and even independent books dating all the way back until I think their 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 uh, era of focus are the 70s on up until the the cresting at like the 90s. Um, but it's a great magazine. Check it out. I second that. They also do a really great one called Draw. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, it's about, you know, it's talking to the artists and getting behind the scenes with the artists and they show you like penciled pages and stuff, which I used to scan in in, in, in order to um, practice my inking. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would ink all the old pages. Um, also, it's uh, just for the people out there. It's to Morrow. Like, yes. T.W.O. Morrow. 
There you go. Um, B, you had an interesting idea you said that was actually inspired tangentially by someone who has appeared before on our show. Well, that idea. I wasn't sure which. Uh, I thought <laughs> Noel might have told you about the other one. Um, if I may, real quick, because it's not salacious at all, but it's a story that, that has fascinated me. There's a comic about it right now, the Superman versus the Klan. Uh, oh, yes, yes. Oh is such a fascinating story to me where, one, because it had real-world effects. The character of Superman helped in this world, you know, in this way, which is great. That it, uh, The real quick version is that um, there was a guy that wanted to do a newspaper a series of newspaper articles about the Ku Klux Klan, and uh, they wouldn't let him, you know, whoever the whatever the reasons were, he couldn't do it. And so he turned to Superman, the radio show, I believe. Yes, it was. Um, who were looking for stories, right? World War II had recently ended and like the Nazis weren't as present of a villain. And um, but the Ku Klux Klan were rising in power at that time. And he used this real information in the radio serial to expose their secrets and demystify the Klan. And it didn't go away, of course. But it was really um, knocked down in power for a while because of that. Um, you know, it helped anyway. Mm -hmm. uh, so that is cool that Superman, you know, uh, helped out. Actually uh, fought the Klan. Yeah. yeah, you know. Yeah. And so the comic, we read the first one on uh, Spoiler Alert, and I loved it. Um, but, uh, you know, I haven't kept up with uh, parts two and three, I believe, right? Three total? It's, I think it's collected now. Or it's very, it is. It's cool. very soon, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's awesome. Kind of like an all-star program where <laughs> our world is inside of theirs. It's the other way around. But uh, by Jiwen Mang and uh, Guri Hiru. Cool. Yeah, it's um, it's it's almost like an all-ages book. Too. Well, it's not almost like it is an all-ages book. Also, it's very good. Great. Yeah. Um, well, I, I, I got it's a tiny, it's a tiny little thing, but uh, I I just I have I'm so smitten with that old school logo. I love it. I do love cool. it. Yes. I missed that well, logo. I have a shirt. The other, you're right. So I have a Superman shirt on now. And I saw that one and I was like, should I change? Not for that <laughs> reason. I was just like, oh, that's a cool logo too. <laughs> uh, very cool. Um, but that's not salacious. That's the Ku Klux Klan parts are. But they're. I would love a documentary on that. I think that's fascinating. I totally forgot about that. The fact that it had real world ramifications and like brought the KKK into the light, it shined the light on the cockroaches. Hey. Right, and it and it took their secrets. Apparently, the secrecy was a big part of the draw. You Most know, that they were just like everyone wants to be in the know, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And today, I think that's the anonymity of online of users, mm -hmm. uh, like mm -hmm. user profiles. It's mm -hmm. you you have the freedom to say these fucking awful things because you're mm -hmm. mildly protected. Right. 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 Uh, yeah. So, I, and and also, I don't know the story at all about the reporter who. You know, yeah. to the radio serial guys or the radio serial guys that were like, hey, we should, uh, we should do this. Like what made them decide to do that? Uh, yeah. You know, I mean, uh, I know Superman was created by I think both of them were Jewish. Right. And certainly yes. that in all of comics at the time was that was a huge force in comics was like anti-Nazi, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. Um, so I would imagine it wasn't that big of a stretch for the radio serial producers to go like, oh, let's do this. Um, like I said, I think they might have even been filling in, you know, uh, something in the clan for the Nazis. But uh, I'd like to hear that, all that behind the scenes stuff. Agreed. That's a great pick. 
Was there another one? You said there was another one. So there was one that I thought of just um, when Noel's uh, fiance walked by, right, earlier, and we said, she, not during the show, this happened pre-show, and we said, hey, I wonder if she would have anything. And, and uh, just You thought for her? Yes, and she will tell you now. <laughs> uh, no, I thought of like, well, what would Sam contribute? Uh, and I thought of the Doctor Who. No, what? Would oh she? yeah. <laughs> now, what would she contribute? Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. These ladies with their lady brains can't really talk about this too much. Stop um, pushing your feminism on me. Yeah, I know, right, dude. Um, so, Hashtag SJW. What kind of a conversation is this shit? Go ahead, B. Just fight I through it. Was it. A single Jewish woman. I thought it was one of those newspaper ads. I'm like, why are they so upset with the single Jewish women? <laughs> For you know how in the singles ads they would have. Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was a long time ago. Anyway, I thought she likes Doctor Who and the Chris Eccleston uh, story of like why he left, what the behind oh. the scenes. Well, a little bit of that has come out very, very recently. And why he still, he was like, look, I don't have any problem at all with these people. It's these other people that I really did. And I'm not exactly sure which people are which. It's like the BBC is the problem. And and so much so that he wouldn't come back for the 50th anniversary uh, special. Um, although he very easily would have fit in. Like even for a, uh, when they regenerate, you, they asked him like, hey, would you just like be the thing the, the Sam, his, his problem was with his problem. He, he actually has talked about that recently. His problem was with mm-hmm. Russell T Davies. Or was it Russell T Davies? Just one? Russell T Davies. Yeah. Really? Well, what about him? Well, why not? Then why not come Who back to the 50th anniversary? Uh, um, uh, Russell T Davies was the uh, writer, writer, director, creator of the relaunch, like uh, the reboot oh, yeah, that he yeah, worked yeah. for. And it was it, like the way that Christopher Eccleston talks about it is that he has love for the character and love for the, the staff and everything. But the show itself was a uh, like it was thirteen episode hour longs, um, and you know they treated everybody like shit, and it was an impossible schedule, and um, it was just it was just poorly managed, and it put a real sour taste in his mouth, and he was like, I don't want to work for these people, hmm. but it wasn't it wasn't BBC and it wasn't Doctor Who. Like a lot of the stories were that he like before he talked about it was just that like he thought he was too good of an actor for this, you mm-hmm. know. Saturday morning trash, oh. which was just farthest from the truth. No, I never had that impression. I thought he, I mean, it kind of seems like most of the people who are the doctor these days love the doctor. Like they grew up. Yeah, it's a, who, and it's I thought he was one of them too. I always did, you know. A 60 year legacy in, yeah. in the UK. Yeah. So yeah, everybody that's been a fan, or everybody that's been in it has been a fan since they were born yeah like david tennant and peter capaldi both it was their dream to play the doc yeah <laughs> yeah like two separate actors so, uh I, I can't see who this who's this facebook user you don't get to just say awful things i, I don't see a name dom. Uh, dom. dom o'kyle i mean it's sure free speech is free but you know well what he says is you don't get to just say awful things. You get to say other controversial stuff that's the problem with free speech you don't get to pick when and who gets to have it and yeah. it does, that does raise an issue of like the enforced free speech uh, or limitations of speech for economic reasons, um, but that's a whole separate issue. You know, but it's, it's the it's the freedom from consequences thing. Also, too, like you are allowed to say incredibly ignorant things. I'm allowed to say that it doesn't necessarily belong in this in this space. So 
go away. Like, it, it, I, free speech is not like a trump card to just walk around and do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, no, what is it? There's a responsibility. When we're talking about Comicsgate, it's not that we're saying that they can't have free speech, but there are consequences from that free speech. And it's their jobs for yeah. the most part. And it's like, it's. I am assuming that what he's talking about is when it gets to um, not hiring people because of that. But people are also free to say, like, well, I don't want to read something. Yeah, but these are pri- these are private companies that are like, oh, I don't want to associate myself with this person. Right. Like, that's, that's not that's what I you was don't have. A, you don't have a you don't have a right to be right. celebrated for your free speech. Right. Like, right. It's not how it works. Yeah. People people get fired for hate speech all the time. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. That doesn't make you a martyr. It makes you an asshole. <laughs> and you got punished for being an asshole. Yeah. yeah. JD, do you have an uh, idea of a, it's so traumatic of a documentary? <laughs> Listen, I haven't been outside in a very long time. I'm a this is all I get. You have an idea for the next great geek documentary. Oh, hold on. No, you mentioned you didn't like people saying things on the internet. Well, we can not like it. Yeah, that's just the tool with which they're using to be assholes. It's not not like some police. What I was saying, I I wonder if he's talking about earlier when I was like, why shine a light on it? What I'm saying is they're welcome to say the dumb stuff they want to say. Why do we have to talk about the dumb stuff they're saying? And with that, we're moving on. Uh, JD, your next great geek documentary. Dumb shit that no one else wants to see but me. Uh, I am fully aware of that because, to be fair, Len, when you introduced this show, you presented it slightly different than how I took it when you brought it to the group, which was, what documentary would you like to see based on geek stuff, comic book stuff? Uh, The way you then said it on air is, uh, what would capture the imagination of everyone on Netflix the same way that Tiger King (laughs) Which are very different things. Um, So mine is... Is is this uh, Letterer, the documentary? (laughs) (laughs) What's a flatter? flatter? (laughs) Just two hours of that. Helvetica got a lot of good reviews, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. uh, it's fucking, listen, okay, so Tom, I want to say it was Tom Brevoort, back when I had a live journal, I think it was, Tom Brevoort was writing these di- long, long, long articles, and they would post every couple of days, I think, and he was doing a long-form examination of how the clone saga in Spider-Man ah. was conceived and then executed and ultimately failed. Hmm. Right. Uh, so for some reason, it, it, the, the, the clone saga has stuck with me all this time as one of the worst Spider-Man events of all time. Uh, it was one of the first times where I remember being angry at a, a comic book company for a decision they made. <laughs> um, replacement? It's not what you think it is. What'd you say, Brian? I, I asked... I supplied what I thought it was. Was it the replacement? No. Ah. It was not having the gumption to stick to the replacement. Interesting. The fact that they went ahead and they were like, the clone is back. Uh, Turns out Peter Parker is the clone and uh, the clone Mm -hmm. is the original Peter. Mm -hmm. And we're going to let Mary Jane and our Peter Parker move to Oregon to have their child 
and he's going to stop being a superhero and raise his family. But we've got Ben Riley, who is the original Peter, and he's going to be our single, not married to Mary Jane, not tied down with a child, Spider-Man. I thought when they did that, I was like, oh Cake my God. Cake too. Cake and eat it too. I wonder what? what would have happened to that Peter Parker by now. Like the one right. that went off with Mary Jane. Uh, read you know. Life Story. Oh, go nice. Read, yeah, go read Spider-Man um, Life Story. It's well, not I mean, like, what, would he be a villain? Would he, you know, like, read Life Story. Comics? So, okay. yeah, for some reason, yeah, that I was, I was, I thought that was the ballsiest move. I was like, this is the craziest thing I've ever seen in comic books. Hmm. And if, if they stick with this, that's so cool. And it's so interesting. And it's what a neat workaround to, um, you know, an aging Peter Parker who's married and can no longer relate to the kids. Um, oh, Tim says, I would watch the F out of the letter of the documentary. Can, can I like we, the letter F for that. Can we, can we expand your concept, JD, to all of the, like a documentary about all of the, controversial things that have happened to that character like it's a piece on the clone saga it's a piece on sin's past mm. it's oh, a piece yeah, on um like yeah. a, um, a, what one, was it? More one more day, day one more day yeah. yeah uh superior like yeah. spider-man has been like the the linchpin of so many like hate movements in you know comic books because he's awesome it's that parker luck <laughs> awesome um, so yeah, uh, and I don't know if you guys remember, did you, anyone else tune in for this? Tune in. I mean, click a, a link and read it. Um, back in the day where Tom Brevoort was giving the, the, I do remember, I do remember him, him breaking down exactly like the origins and how they, they thought it was going to run and it just ran, they just lost control of it. Yeah. I kind of remember Was he working? That. Was he an editor at the time? Was he working for Marvel at the time? I think he Where, was an editor. Yeah. Were they, was they like working? Were they ever planning to do the switch or did you just think that they were, were they always going to switch it back? Well, back then I remember hearing that that was supposed to be what happened. Hmm. And then they did a mini series a couple years ago, like maybe 10 years ago, they did like a six issue revamp of what was supposed to happen during the clone saga. And it was oh. only six issues. And, um, that had Peter returning as the regular Spidey as well. But I could have sworn back in the day, I remember hearing like, oh, it was supposed to stay changed, but there was such a backlash from, um, uh, I guess, fans that they they wound up like kind of folding it up and be like, nah. I like, oh, I like the reality. Like, where did you hear it? You know what I mean? Because I remember uh, hearing stuff too, that it was yeah. not about that at all, but just like, you know, uh, about the- well, back then, I gotta say, back then it was probably in Wizard Magazine. Yeah. All right, okay. I'd say where I got all of my info back then. Sure. Can, can we go back? I like the idea of the fact that they that Marvel a couple of years ago was able to summarize cohesively the entirety of the Clone Saga in a six issue miniseries. When in reality, it was what like eighty issues of the monthly, or like sixty issues of, of yeah. This is like just how much waste. It, that oh, reminds like, me. Oversized omnibuses. That reminds me, there was a story that happened to the Flash, your your Flash, uh, be Barry Allen. Barry he's Allen's all, Flash. He's Back, all of our Flash. <laughs> nah, speak for yourselves. He's the true Flash. Speak for yourselves. Um, <laughs> Back, I think this was in the eighties when he got when he was um, when Barry was. 
Uh, for those of you that are only listening, JD dropped the mic and left. Yes. yes. Well, I dropped his mic and I threw him out. That's what happened. Uh, um, Paybacks is a spoiler. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah. So it, it, back in the 80s, there was um, a Flash story where the Flash, I forget what happened, but he murdered somebody. He got on trial yeah, for for, yeah. for murdering somebody yeah. and it was i think the idea that it was that it was supposed to run like maybe seven or eight issues and this story dragged on for a year and i think even long. maybe even a little longer than a year and then there, there was a story in back issue magazine where they talk about how yeah we uh we don't know where we got off the rails with that one. I guess we were going a little bit. I wonder why they would think that extending that story would be an interesting. Because also, my understanding was they were like he left right after that. He went off to the future. The Flash series ended. Exactly. What happened was that they started the story, figured figured out where it was going to go, and in the midst of doing that story was when the the idea started churning for Crisis on Infinite Earths. So uh. they said rather than end this. And then have to do like a bunch of meandering around till crisis kicks off and kills off everything. Interesting. Um, especially when they started hearing the bumblings or rumblings that the Flash was going to probably buy it in mm. the miniseries. They mm. said, "Well, let's just let's just try and keep this going until it's time to call it a day." And I think it ran. It may have run for like a year and a half. This story. It was ridiculous. Dick. And I wasn't even reading The Flash, and I would go to the comic book store, and yeah. I said, are they still in the, f- are they literally still in the fucking courtroom? Because this literally was a, it wasn't even like this big adventure. It was a courtroom yeah. Yeah. drama happening in a comic book. I remember there- talking about Daredevil that was doing that for a while. I do remember that, yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, I don't want to get too far off topic. I, I do have a really bad habit of every time you guys end up citing the name of something that I have on the shelf, I, like, immediately will look over, like, oh, yeah, there it is. Like, I need to make sure or that I want to go grab it and touch it. Like, yeah. stories are real, guys. Stories are real. Hey, uh, you, uh, Len, that reminds me of, like, Mark Wade had a way to get Barry Allen back that was in his mind. Mm-hmm. And um, there's also... There was something else that now I forget, but I just thought, I'd, oh, uh, Jeff Johns had hinted that you would see he traveled back from the future and he and he was like, I'll come back like one or two more times. And he never did because things changed. It could be interesting to do three times total. Yeah, yeah. Um, it would be interesting to do like a, hey, this was going to go this way, uh, but it went this way in right. comics kind of thing. You know, like what was that? Um there's a there's a column on CBR that I read that does kind of similar stuff to that, but not that specifically. I've always felt that Universe X was going to go one direction, and I saw Jim Kruger once, and I was like, "Hey, was it was it going to go this way?" And he was like, "Look around online, see if you can find it. If not, write me an email, and I'll tell you what my original direction was." Oh, I remember him saying that. They and that. It, you know, and I never got to it. Like a lot of shit happened in my life. You know, like I've graduated college since that. You're like all that kind of stuff. It's not too late, is it? I mean, I don't have his email, but I would absolutely like to hear the answer to that. No, he never gave it to me. He was just like, find it. <laughs> you know, you can maybe he has a website. I don't know. Uh, but I'd be real interested to know because uh, it looks like it took a turn. Um, JD, also, I think uh, it could be cool to expand that in just Clone Saga, Death of Superman, Nightfall, and like the big 90s changes. Yeah, that, uh, that happened could be a cool series, you know, a documentary series. 
I wonder I, I wonder if there was like factions of fans that wanted to like murder other people because changes were being made. I believe so. That just I happened that people were real angry about some of that stuff. Well, I actually, I don't know if you remember, but after they got rid of Hal Jordan, mm. there was a whole movement to, to I forget, it had a name. I forget what the name was, but it was basically they wanted to bring Hal back and they were like mailing death threats and stuff to uh, Mars, to right? The, oh. What? Ron Mars? To Ron Mars and Daryl Banks, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that blows. So we've always sucked as a, as a, as a fandom. Oh, we've always been terrible. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, uh, you know what? It's you know what I would like since we're since we're including all of this. I say just I, you know on Shutter, which is a horror movie channel, um, like the, like Amazon Prime or Netflix or whatever. There's one called Shutter for horror movies, and they have horror movie um, documentary series. So right now there's one that I just watched. I think it's five or six episodes, and it's called Cursed Movies or Cursed Films. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So really good. Each episode is a documentary, a mini documentary about um, like the exorcism, the exorcist, um, the crow, etc. So I would like to see a documentary series, hmm. each dealing with all of these like comic book kerfuffles. Mm-hmm. The Green Lantern thing also had uh, like a detailed different direction where that the Guardians were another group was going to come in. I think the Guardians were going to kind of turn bad. And another like long lost group of guardians was going to come in. They would win, leave, and Hal would enter the battery and take the power in himself and become the protector. And it would be like a new start uh, with a new group of still ancient guardians, but ones you hadn't seen before. Um, sounds interesting. <laughs> Looking at the comments, death yeah, threats yeah. go far back. It just required more handwriting. Also. To pay for postage. I feel like that was probably a barrier for most people to not want to send their yeah. death threats. Like it's, yeah. I got to get stamps. I got to drop this shit off. Who's got envelopes? <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, on Twitter, Geek and Eeks, uh, Hal 2814 says, I have the latest episode of Spoiler Alert playing on the TV in the background as I do some painting in my man cave. Mm. And so there we are on his television, uh-huh. nice and big. Is he painting us? Is he doing a portrait of us? I sure should hope not. Oh. Oh, that was that was spoiler <laughs> alert. Yeah, from earlier today, ladies and gentlemen. JD, tell us if you want to see the painting that he was painting while while we were on, if we could. If yeah, please. Yeah. Show, yeah. show us your show us your paints. Yeah. So I want to I want to get into a couple of uh, other suggestions. One suggestion. This was from Randy the Super Triple, who I think may have um, dropped off right now, but he hit it up to me the other day. For uh, a documentary, there was a movie that loosely talks about this, and that is the death of oh, yeah. George Reeves, the 1950s Superman from the television show uh, of said name. Uh, his death, which was marked as a suicide, but still is, you know, are you talking about? Hollywoodland? Yes, the movie Hollywoodland starring yeah. um, ben, ben Affleck Apple. as yeah. George Reeves was actually um, one of the movies that kind of like got uh, Ben back in the good graces of mm. Hollywood. Mm. Um, and, and it's not a bad film. Speculates that there may have been a little bit more behind the scenes yeah. involved in the death of George Reeves. Uh, Superman. That might be a interest make for an interesting documentary. I don't know if the the movie, even though it was fiction, 
kind of maybe like uh, shack the load of what the documentary could cover. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It, like he it was ties to the mob and he was mm-hmm. having an affair with with a dangerous man's wife and all kinds of other stuff. And also to like the details of the suicide. It's yes. Like weird angles and multiple bullets. Like who shoots yeah. themselves in the face twice? Like it was just really weird shit. Yeah. 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 But that's a good one. That is definitely. Elon, I love Lucy. Somebody just said include. Yeah, he was George on. I love... Really? He, he was on an episode of I Love Lucy. Yes. Oh, she like. Uh, did she meet him as Superman? Yes, exactly. Like wearing a helmet, like mm-hmm. a boxing helmet or a football helmet. Yeah, I vaguely remember. People that. don't re- realize. I mean, maybe you do, but it, I mean, it's over sixty years from now. Superman was huge in the comics. He was definitely huge, right? But in the nineteen forties, Superman has started to dip. In the in the 1940s, Captain hmm. Marvel, aka Shazam, oh, yeah. had yeah. Un- overtook Superman as the biggest selling comic book in the land. Wow! And Superman does not rise to prominence again until the 50s with George Reeves' Superman, which hmm. from 1950, that- I think, two to 1958, just kills it in the on, yeah. on and Saturday. It and the Fleischer cartoons too, like Ooh, both of those, yeah. oh, those are great. Yeah, but the, the Fleischer cartoons were in; they were in the forties too, yeah. and they, they were needed, and they were in the movie theaters. They were big. Yeah. They, they were big. For, they did more for Superman in that like fifteen year span than comic books ever even came. That's close. true. That's did true. Most of the things that you love about comic books and Superman comic books were established in those shows. Yep, they weren't in the yep. comic, like Jimmy Olsen and and all kinds Not of shows. tonight. Kryptonite, Jimmy Olsen. That was the either, either way, just like yeah. the the combination of yeah. that other yeah, media. I think maybe even flight, right? In the in the Max Fleischer thing, also rotoscoping, which is not Superman centric, yeah. but I, I think that was premiered in the Max Fleischer Superman cartoons. I don't know that it premiered in those because there is some rotoscoping done in Snow White, which was the first feature limb. Um, oh, which I think predates the Superman um, I cartoons. I didn't know there was rotoscoping in that. Yeah, there's, <laughs> a, there's a little bit of rotoscoping in that. Famously, in the it was in the Superman radio show. That was actually the first time that Superman meets Batman. Really? Yeah, it happened on... That's it, cool. it, and then that story was then later adapted into the comic books. Did, were, was the line, do you bleed at all in there? <laughs> Or is that just like a name? Martha. Did they, did they, did they have a Martha moment? That's in the Snyder cut of the radio episode. Oh, you know, <laughs> honestly, release the Snyder cut because all of these questions dating back to the '40s would actually be answered. I appreciate yeah, this that. Would be an interesting documentary. Like, this is where Kryptonite came from. The Batcave was because they had a cave set that they needed. That's for true. The like all of these little things. Perry White is right. Yeah, they lived in a hangar well, before. I that. mean. To me, to me, that falls in line a little bit more with what JD had talked about before, like the idea of just like a series of shorts, uh, yeah, like you yeah, know, yeah. twenty minute episodes of like secrets oh, yeah. of comic books. Yeah, that's not that doesn't really strike me as having a full narrative or enough like yeah, just enough, little enough stuff yeah. or a full length. Yeah. yeah, the Captain Marvel lawsuit would be interesting too. That you uh... that would be an interesting one. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, that touches cool. on a lot. Yeah. Anybody have any other ideas before we we start to shut this puppy down? Hmm. JD. Said Superman flying comes from the cartoon. Who is that? Who said that? George Carmona. 
Oh, very good. George, George, a man, a man with 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 knowledge. What's up, George? I think it had something to do with the cape too, right? Like, just, or maybe the cape had something to do with it. Like, it I helped think, you show direction and that kind of thing. Didn't it have to do with um, thinking happy thoughts? Like, it was fairy dust and then happy thoughts, right? Yeah. I believe it did. I believe it did. <laughs> and then you have to clap to keep the magic alive. Like, I do believe it. Fairies. Yeah, no, that's all Superman. No, thought, that's canon. I thought Superman gave you the clap. Oh, well, it, well I mean, later on. <laughs> when, his, when it became a PSA about sexually transmitted diseases... Then yes, it was it was it was more in line with what they were trying to tell. Oh, Dommel says, does anyone else remember the Superman records and read along books? Dude, I had them. Yeah, I, I had the records. Those were awesome. I think I had one that was like the Justice League, where I think Superman and Batman, everybody go up to the moon. Mm-hmm. Oh, fucking awesome. nice. I, oh wait, um, Tim just said mentioned something. Marvel's change of editors, uh, editor in chiefs in the in the eighties nineties. I, I think that. What just happened? Uh, everything from like the the I want I want to see a documentary about the Dan DiDio era, like moving into the Dan DiDio oh, era, era yeah. from Levitz uh, into now it ending like New Fifty Two and like two of the crises and Watchmen coming back and all this shit. Mm. I would watch a documentary about that. Real quick, JD, show that again. Show mm-hmm. show your Superman record. Yeah. <laughs> That's the kind of like up menace. That looks awesome. Is that Power Records? Yep, Power Records. Yeah, yeah. Batman and Chuck and Spider-Man and Superman on the back. Yeah, yeah, oh, I had them. Your favorite TV and comic book heroes on Power Records. Who's the one in the bottom right? Spock. Oh, wait. Bottom right. The other, the other, yeah. That was... Oh, Planet of the Apes. Yeah, cool. yeah. So we did Spider-Man, Planet of the Apes, Frankenstein, Dracula, Werewolf, Batman, Superman, and Star Trek. That sounds awesome. Let me, I, it, let me, um, I'll dig in my crates and maybe I'll release it as a gutter talk special because we found it years ago for Black Tribbles and we played it like after our, our show late night one day on the radio. <sighs> the Fantastic Four had like a radio, like kind of like drama type of John. <laughs> and voicing the human torch is a very young, Bill Murray. Wow. <laughs> really? Really. Really. That is awesome. I'll that release it as a, as a special gutter talk. I'll send you out a link. It, it, it's, it's quite fascinating. Did you guys see the documentary about the Roger Corman Fantastic Four? Oh, yes. No. I've seen the documentary. I've seen the film. You've seen the film? I it's, saw a little clip of it at a Comic-Con once. It's awful. It's god-awful. That it's was really bad. Thing, right? No, like, the documentary is pretty interesting. The, yeah, it was just they would they did it just to, but they did it just to hang on to the rights. However, those making the movie didn't know that, so it's it's kind of sad. Right. Um, yeah. The movie is awful. The documentary is really interesting, but it's it's like it's poorly produced. So mm-hmm. it's it's not like very it's not a very pretty documentary. You have to really want to give a shit about true, the true, topic. True. <laughs> but it is interesting. But it's and cool. You, and you do feel bad for the actors involved. Um, especially, and isn't that the one? No, that's not the one. Um, I want to say that's one Michael Chiklis, but that's the real deal. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately, also not that great. <laughs> yeah, um, but it, it is a shame because they are like they really think they are doing something 
like Noble and uh, and Stan Lee in his hyperbolic way, he's selling it like you know, like yo, yes, yeah, the next great thing I've seen the footage and everything like that. And then he, dude, you have never seen Stan move so fast as he does to throw them under the bus and zip away, exit stage the great. fuck left. It's pretty great. It's it's a great it's documentary. A documentary. Yeah, it's yeah. a documentary. I, I I wouldn't be surprised if you have like Hulu it's, or something like it's that. It's on Hulu. Yeah, it's called Doomed. Yes, yes, it is. It's it's really it's a good cool. Name for that. <laughs> I assume Doctor Doom is also in the movie, but even if he's not, it's still yeah. a good name. Oh, he's in the movie. It's it's a cosplay kind of. It's a cos. It's actually like a bad cosplay kind it's, of like. It's bad thing. They, they are they are five characters. You know, the, him, them, and Doom. That at that era of movie making. How would that have happened? You know, I've heard that. Like, well, I mean, watch the documentary. Yeah, it, it'll it'll show you it'll show you how poorly that could happen. Yeah. <laughs> hey, what is uh, what was white kryptonite and what aliens shaped like bullets attacking Earth? What was what were those references? Oh, those are stuff like things that were originated in the cartoon. I think that was a continuation of a thread from before. It might be an oh, interesting lights, documentary. And then white kryptonite, and then hmm. it, it might be I'm an. Sorry. Go ahead. I, I even even when I was a kid, I thought that was a pretty good Doom. Yo, that looks really good. Oh yeah, that's still that's picture. That's, oh really? Yeah. Oh, good. It's a still picture. That's a still picture. Yeah. You've got to see it in movement. Uh, <laughs> you'll 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 think differently. I, so I, armor is not a special effect. Like they have also, in a lot of movies. The star the uh, the st- I remember seeing like in Starlog magazine what they all looked like. It's that's awful. Um, I remember this one. This one's uh, worse. What. The animatronic for Ben Grimm for the Roger Corman one, mm. super cool. Like, oh, cool. like really, really cool. It's it, well because it's around the same time as like it's only about a year before um, the Ninja Turtles movie. Oh, okay. So it's that same kind of like animatronic, yeah. practical effects, and it's just like this is kind of cool. He's actually yeah. kind of scary looking, but but everything else was awful. Yeah. Like they were in literal leotards that were like leotard, bright blue leotards that are turtlenecks. And a big fo- like it was just really it was it, bad. It's not good, but the documentary again is worth watching. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. the doc that and the documentaries we're talking about documentaries that haven't been made. That's a documentary that's out there for you to check out, ladies and gentlemen. And and Noel probably knows the title of it. There's a cool documentary about the uh, the doomed or never made. Tim Burton's version uh-huh. of Superman that mm-hmm. would have starred Nicolas Cage, complete with very rarely seen test footage of Nicolas Cage in that costume. Wait, remind me, like, I do know the title, but somebody has to verify that this is right. I'm not looking it up. It's Whwhatever Happened to Superman Lives, The Death of the Death of the Return of Superman. I think that I think it was just The Death of Superman Lives. The Death of Superman Lives? Whatever Happened to the Return? There's a Whatever Happened in there. Hmm. Someone's Googling it. I can hear it. The Death of Superman Lives... Yes, that it's just called the Death of Superman Lives: colon, What Happened. Oh, I suck. The white, the white kryptonite was a cocaine joke. Because there is white kryptonite, so <laughs> I thought he was referencing actual the kind the of booger cocaine, sugar uh, plant life. Since we're talking about Superman, yeah. This okay. You know how I said, even though I hated the the Clone Saga, I still feel oddly drawn to it. Mm-hmm. I've been considering doing a rewatch of Smallville. Ah, yeah. I, I, I have hated them all. it. They're all over there. In it's, it's, I hated it so much. It's 10 seasons, you know. It's a lot. 
It's a lot. I'll probably just do what I usually do, which is watch half of the first episode and go, ah, fuck this. <laughs> That's not as much of a commitment. No, no, it's not. <laughs> I just want to know the answer to the burning question. Uh, hey, Clark, are you man or Superman? Because he dropped the Nietzsche book, remember? Which one was he? Oh, yeah, in the first episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm super on the nose. I mean, the Smallville show, it's of a time. It really is of a time. Like, it's super CW mm. TV. But I towards the end, that. I liked it a lot more. Mm. Mm. Jeff Johns got involved. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Those it, it, it was much better. Yeah. I think Jeff, Jeff Loeb was a part of the, the writing staff for a long time, too. Yeah. And Michael Green. And, like, it got... At the time, too, we had no movies... We right. had no right. like it was the only place. It was the only like game in town. Yeah. I mean, it was the Legion of Superheroes. Who would have thought? Like, <laughs> yeah. the name like who would have thought we're going to get the Legion of Superheroes this, on in live action? You know? Or the First Justice Society? Action. The Justice Society was on there. Yeah, totally. Which was, was the only Hawkman. Hawkman was a main character for like, yeah. Uh, a, yeah. like the better part of two seasons. And that the was the only. I don't like that Flash. Was that oh Bart? Yeah, Bart. The hood. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, and his fake IDs were uh, Barry Allen and Wally West. They did a version of the Justice League also with Aquaman and uh, Green mm -hmm. Green Arrow was a main character. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Like they just went whole hog on on DC properties before yeah. anyone else was. It was actually kind of fun because it was the. I want to see a documentary time. about Smallville. <laughs> yeah, and that means we've reached the end, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> we have reached the end of the barrel. <laughs> here on gutter talk this has been amazing thank you each and every one of you who have tuned in on facebook and youtube believe me it is the energy that you provide that makes this so much fun to do um so thank you for checking it checking this out Lynn, and, yes tell the people tell the people to watch the other show we do ah the other show. We, get, we get one comment <laughs> We get plenty of comments spoiler on Spoiler Alert, which you can check out on the Cult Pop Facebook group as well as on their YouTube Cult Pop YouTube channel every Sunday at 11 a.m. It's, it's becoming a thing, so let's make it that. Let's make it's, it so. It's a thing now. It's a thing. There you go. It's recorded, so it's got to be. Uh, every Sunday at 11 a.m., the same four knuckleheads right here get together to spoil your favorite comic books um, or trade paperbacks, and we have a lot of fun doing it. Uh, if you look at our most recent episode that Hal2814 is watching as he paints, we did our 4 by 4 episode where we reviewed um, Black Mass Studios' Four kids walk into a bank, and the first volume of Dan Slott's Fantastic Four called Four Ever. So, check out those reviews. And next week, to get you ahead of the game, Noel no. will tell you what we're reviewing next week. No, he won't, because we haven't decided yet. Wait, no, actually, I thought that was gonna be great. I was just gonna like say it, and then you guys are stuck doing it. <laughs> um, no, because no, you've got two deeper crates, and God knows what you'll pull up. It, it, it'll uh, be Archie versus do, a Punisher. We're gonna do a, a reread or a first read for some of you of. Uh, this does smell good. Yeah, Fuck. I love the smell of books and comics. It's the worst yeah. thing I have right now. Oh, of uh, Frankencastle. Ah, fuck you. <laughs> yes. Oh, actually, you know what? The, 
You know what I actually have been reading? So like I, I fell into kind of like a um, a uh, Rick Remender hole in Marvel, and I've been reading his Captain America, mm. like all of it. I it's fucking weird. I like it. Okay. Okay. Calm, calm down. Tim, Tim from last week has given his review of Dan Slott's Fantastic Four. Meh. Meh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't want to read Acts of Vengeance. We're not reading Acts of Vengeance, Tim, and thus we won't show your comment. All right, but we will tell you <laughs> to check out the Cult Pop feed on Facebook or on Twitter on JD's Hero Complex uh, on Twitter or uh, follow him on Instagram and all that places, and we'll tell you what's going to be happening on Spoiler Alert next Sunday at 11. And stay tuned on the Black Tribbles feed on all our social media where we'll tell you what's going to be happening next, looks like Sunday, maybe around 2 o'clock on, uh, on Gutter Talk. And don't forget to check out the Black Tribbles main show, which goes on every Thursday. Thursday at 9 p.m. We get drinks, we get loose, and it is on Facebook and it is on YouTube. We're not on radio right now because we're all um, quarantined all alone together, which means that the FCC doesn't rule, so we get we get loose. So check us out on Thursdays, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Brian, then Noel, and then my man JD, tell the people where they can find you and check you out. Oh, you can find and check me out at brianliebdesign.com. Brian uh, first and foremost, you could catch me on Twitter uh, at Mr. Bartocci, M-R-B-A-R-T-O-C-C-I. Uh, and here with you fools every weekend, which is the highlight of my week, which is kind of sad. Is that sad? No, sad. I, I'm right there with it you. is. It's Sam's listening. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> and you can check me out on Twitter at JD's Hero Complex. You can help help us out if you go to uh, patreon.com slash Johnny Destructo. Also, I own a comic book store, which is now on the internet. If you go to JD's Hero Complex dot shop. There's like stuff you could you could buy and you could tap on that and then you could buy stuff. There's there's like three things on it so far. More to um, come. Yeah, like yeah, I upload stuff every day uh, for sale. And um, I also do uh, mail outs and gift cards. If you need any of your comic book fixes, let me know. Brian had a question for you. Yeah, is it just? I mean, you got like statues and stuff, or is it just comics or T-shirts or what do you? On the website or at my shop. Uh, on the website specifically is what on I the like. website. I have trade paperbacks so far. I'm uh, uploading all my trade paperbacks. Uh, I don't know how the fuck. How would I mail? I don't know how to mail out a statue. That would be a mess. You put it um, in a box. I mean, they come in their own. <laughs> oh, it got mailed to you. You'd have to set like for it to be worth it for you. You'd have to set up like real shipping and handling standards. Right. I, yeah. Like at, uh, a lot of like sellers of of statues charge a lot for shipping so yeah or t-shirts that you and listen, it takes me forever to update this website one book at a time so eventually it'll have commissions and artwork and t-shirts and statues awesome Check it out. And if you want to uh, check out uh, and help out the Black Tribbles, we have a Patreon as well. Patreon.com slash Black Tribbles. Check us out. Send us a few shekels that help us keep everything rocking and rolling. It uh, We had a, a uh, Patreon 
exclusive podcast greetings from the bat base which is in it is it is kind of shut down right now because the bat base is being rebuilt up in my new home I actually laid the floor all day yesterday it looks so funky oh it's so funky and my new bookshelves came oh my god i cannot wait so anyway so within the, with probably within a month's time the back base will be back up and running and it's, it's going to be primo um until then ladies and gentlemen please do what we do we do this to, to entertain you, but when we're not doing this, we are out there showing as much love and support as we can to all the first uh, responders out there and everybody that's um, essential workers that have to be out in these streets. Um, so if your city is just like ours and they're slowly beginning to kind of like, you know, loosen the shackles and open up the doors, do a, do yourself um, good and make your heart feel good and go out there for the first time if you haven't been able to and show some love and some gratitude and share some thanks with all those people that have always been out there in the streets. Whether or not they're the hospital, first responders, police, fire, or they're just the, the cashier at the grocery store that has been masked up throughout all of this, making sure that you can get all of the supplies that you need for your home. Give them some love. Show them some respect. Give them your gratitude. Just go in there and just, if you only just give them a spontaneous applause for all of their hard work, do that. I, I beg of you to do that because, no, you know, you can't give the charity, but charity, that type of charity is is very inexpensive and we can all do. So please do that. I beseech of you. All right. So for Brian, Noel and J.D., this is the lend the bat triple. Put some sunshine on your face. I got mine. Go get yours. And in parting, we say hailing frequencies are closed. Love you all. We out. Bye.